Well, good morning. Um, you know, I could not give this message this morning, and we've already had church. <laughs> you know, we could spend all our time this morning just sharing with one another how we've heard in our lives God speak to us. I actually had another message planned uh, up until last Sunday. Um, and then Pat said something. She shared something that really impacted me. Um, she shared a little bit about her tri- trip to Peru. Um, and when there were travel difficulties, she stopped. Uh, she quieted herself. I believe I remember her specifically saying that. And, um, and she prayed. And she heard God speak to her the words, Walk with me. Walk with me. He didn't say, I will walk with you. He said, you walk with me. That's a significant and powerful distinction. Jesus calls His disciples to leave what they were doing, to drop it, the nets, whatever, and to follow after Him. Today, He challenges the people He comes in contact with to follow Him, to walk with Him. So often in our lives in the midst of difficulties or challenges and fears that we face, we pray and we ask Jesus to walk with us in our difficulty. But what if we turn that around? What if instead of focusing on the needs and the worries of our lives and asking that God walk with us, rather what if we focus on walking with Him? And let tomorrow take care of itself. We're to follow after Him. To walk with Him. So our journey in life is walking towards and with Jesus. He calls us to take up our cross daily and follow Him. It was a word in season for me. uh, The past few weeks since having a heart attack. I've asked a lot of questions of God like, Why am I still here? What do you still want to do with me? What am I supposed to be doing right now? How can I make it count? We're at a time of the year, as Bill's already mentioned, our Christmas celebrations are ending. In the next few days, we'll go through that process of New Year's resolutions. How we're going to do things differently. How 2020 is going to be different. It's a noble idea, but it's usually fruitless in a lot of ways. It lasts through January, maybe. Um, Hopefully, 2020 will be different for us. I want 2020 to be different for me. More than anything else in the coming year, I want to hear from God. I want to hear God speak. Well, how do we hear God's voice? How does He speak to us? You know, any person in this room could be up here delivering this message with more confidence than I have. Um, It's a message I'm giving not in a place of comfort, but in a place of conviction. It's important for us to realize that God is constantly speaking all the time. And He desires that we hear Him. The Bible's filled with accounts of God speaking to people in His own voice, verbally, 
He's also spoken through angels, through prophets, through dreams, through visions, through miracles, and even through a donkey. He speaks to us in so many ways. But here are some primary ways that I believe God speaks to us. First, God speaks to all mankind, believer and not, through nature. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. I love that line, day to day pours forth speech through God's creation. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. Well, how did God create the universe? With His voice. He spoke it into being. He said four words. Let there be light. And those four words are still resonating through the universe. Still creating stars. Planets. The universe continues to expand because God spoke it. And He didn't didn't say stop. (laughs) God's words are still ringing farther away than we'll ever be able to experience or know. The natural realm speaks loudly of the works of God. Secondly, God speaks to us through His inspired Word, the Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Psalm nineteen seven through 11 The Lord speaks to us through His Word. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8, 3. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. God speaks to us through His Word. And the definition of a word, I've shared this before, I love this, the definition of word is the expression of a thought. God's Word expresses what He thinks about us. If we want to know what what God thinks about us, all we have to do is look at what He said in His Word and what He's demonstrated in His Son, the Living Word, Jesus. Which brings us to number three. God speaks to us through His Son, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1 and verse 14. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. 
And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. John fourteen twenty two through 23. Jesus is the physical embodiment of the love of the Father for His children. He speaks love to us through His Son. The verse we all know, John 3, 1 through 7. Uh, John three sixteen, excuse me, and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus is the physical expression of God's love for us. And fourthly, God speaks to us by His Holy Spirit. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. John fourteen twenty five through 26. The Holy Spirit reveals the Word. The Word reveals Jesus. And Jesus reveals the Father. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Fifthly, God speaks to us with His voice. But does God actually speak to you and me? Yes, God has a loud voice. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered His voice. 2 Samuel twenty-two fourteen. To Him who rides upon the highest heavens which are from ancient times, behold, He speaks forth with His voice, a mighty voice. Psalm sixty-eight thirty-three. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. Psalm 29, 3-9. There's nothing that God's voice cannot say, cannot do. In Mark Batterson's book entitled Whisper, he's noted, The voice that spoke the universe into existence is the same voice that parted the Red Sea and made the sun stand still. His voice can heal a withered hand or wither a barren fig tree. His voice can turn water into wine, install synaptic connections between the optic nerve and visual cortex in a blind man's brain, and he can resurrect a man four days dead. He can speak through burning bushes, Balaam's donkey, or Bethlehem's star. His voice can write on palace walls or shut the mouths of lions. It can quench the flames of a fiery furnace or stop a storm on the Sea of Galilee. The voice of God is all-powerful, but that's only half the story. His voice is also all-loving. Batterson also shares a story in the book, Whisper, that I'd like to read to you. On the morning of August 27, 1883, ranchers in Alice Springs, Australia, heard what sounded like gunshots. 
The same mysterious sound was reported in 50 geographical locations spanning one-thirteenth of the globe. What those Aussies heard was the eruption of a volcano on the remote Indonesian island of Krakatoa, 2,233 miles away. That volcanic eruption, possibly the loudest sound ever measured, was so loud (laughs) that the 310 decibel sound waves circumnavigated the globe at least four times. It generated 3,000-foot tidal waves, threw rocks a distance of 34 miles, and cracked one-foot-thick concrete 300 miles away. If you were to drill a hole directly through the center of the earth, opposite of Krakatoa, you would find Colombia, South America. Although the sound of the eruption wasn't audible in Colombia, there was a a measurable spike in atmospheric pressure because of infrasonic sound waves that caused the air to tense. The sound may not have been heard, but it was felt all the way around the world. According to science journalist and New York Times columnist Maggie Korth Baker, just because you can't hear a sound doesn't mean it isn't there. At low levels, sound is imperceptible. At high levels, it's unignorable. If sound exceeds 110 decibels, we experience a change in our blood pressure. At 141 decibels, we become nauseous. At 145 decibels, our vision blurs because our eyeballs are vibrating. At 195 decibels, our eardrums are in danger of rupturing. And death by sound waves can happen at 202 decibels. Krakatoa was registered at 310 decibels. The act of hearing is detecting vibrations of the eardrum caused by sound waves and the intensity of those waves is measured in decibels. On the one end of the sound spectrum is the sperm whale, the loudest animal on earth. The clicking noise it uses to echolocate can hit 200 decibels. Even more impressive, researchers believe that whale songs may travel up to 10,000 miles underwater. Next to the sperm whale is jet engines at 150 decibels, air horns at 129 decibels, thunderclaps 120, and jackhammers 100 decibels. That's pretty loud. What's on the other end of the sound spectrum? A whisper, measuring just 15 decibels. Now, technically, technically speaking, our absolute threshold of hearing is zero decibels. That corresponds to a sound wave measuring 0.0000002 pascals, which causes the eardrum to vibrate by just 10 to the minus 8 millimeters. That's less than a billionth of the ambient pressure in the air around us and smaller than the diameter of a hydrogen atom. Tiny. Think about the loudness of the Krakatoa eruption versus the sound of a whisper, and consider how God speaks to us between that range. In 1 Kings 9, 11-12 is the account of when the Lord appeared to Elijah. The NIV Bible puts it this way, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The ESV version calls it a low whisper. The New American Standard Bible calls it a gentle blowing. The King James Version calls it a still small voice. Mark Batterson makes the observation that observation that God has an outside voice. As a parent, we know what that means. God has an outside voice and he's not afraid to use it. But when God wants to be heard, really heard, when what he has to say is too important to miss, he often speaks in a whisper just above the absolute threshold of hearing. Why a whisper? It seems logical that shouting would get your attention more. Here's why. When someone speaks to you in a whisper, you got to get close to them to hear it. In fact, you have to put your ear next to the person's mouth. We lean towards a whisper. And that's what God wants. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing His voice. It's intimacy with Him. That's why He speaks to us in a whisper. He wants to be as close to us as is divinely possible. He loves us. He likes us that much. The dictionary defines whisper as speaking very softly using one's breath without one's vocal cords. The use of breath instead of vocal cords is significant. Isn't that how God created Adam? He whispered into the dust and named it Adam. Adam was once a whisper. So was I, and so were you. And God still whispers our names. God most often speaks to us in a still small voice, a whisper. He actually breathes on us when He speaks to us. But how do we know when it's God's voice and not our own? When is it God's voice? When it is God's voice, we know in our heart of hearts. He's our shepherd. The sheep know the sound of His voice. But we have to quiet our own voice in submission to God to be able to hear His voice. Here's a principle to remember. God speaks loudest to us when we are quietest. We have to work at silencing our voice in our heads. The 17th century French philosopher Blaise Pascal once observed, the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Guilty. (laughs) Sitting in silence before the Lord is a discipline that I've not purposefully cultivated, honestly, in a long time. I usually make my requests or grievances uh, known to God. I give thanks and then move on. That undisciplined life must change if I'm to hear God's whispers. The Lord says, be still and know that I am God. The, The NASB says it like this, 
cease striving and know that I am God. Now, I'm by nature a doer. I tell myself I need to be doing something. That inclination makes me susceptible to becoming a human doer rather than a human being. God's interested, first of all, in our being. That's the root from which the fruit, our doing, can come forth in harmony with God's will for us. Let's face it, our lives are too loud. Our schedules are too busy. We need to quiet our lives in order to hear the Lord's whispers. Batterson makes the point that silence is anything but passive waiting. It's proactive listening. We must battle within ourselves to silence the noise of the world so that God's voice gets louder and louder and louder to the point that that's the voice we want to hear, that we long to hear. If you want to hear the heart of God, silence is the key. If you want the Spirit of God to fill you, be still. God doesn't need to speak louder. We need to listen harder. Now, God speaks to us through His Word, through Scripture. He can also speak to us in a whisper, a dream, a vision. He will not contradict His inspired Word when He speaks to us. But we should not put Him in a box regarding the manner in which He can speak to us. We listen harder by spending time in His Word and then by spending time before Him in a quiet place, sitting in silence to proactively listen for His voice. There's so much more that we could say this morning about how how God speaks to us and what He wants to do in and through us. I know many of you are more disciplined than I in spending time in quiet listening in a listening place with the Lord. And many of you could share testimonies, as I said, of how God has spoken in your lives. But I want you to think back for just a moment. Close your eyes. And remember the first time you heard God's voice. I first heard God's voice speaking to me when I was in high school. I've shared this before. I was not yet 18 years old, but I was already tired of living but I was afraid to die. God spoke to me as I was speeding up my car with the intention of driving off a bridge. And at that point, in the midst of all the chaos in my mind, I heard his voice saying over and over, I love you. I love you. I love you. It was a quiet voice, but it was a powerful voice. At that moment, I realized I had never really given God a chance in my life. I steered my 65 Chev- or 67 Chevrolet Impala toward home. I fell on my knees and asked God to forgive me of my sin and to help me to know Him and to live for Him. There have been pivotal times in my life where the still, small voice of God has penetrated places of pain, suffering, hardship, and uncertainty. How blessed we are to know God in the midst of the storms of life. But I want to hear His voice all the time. Not just in times of pain or suffering or need or want. What about you? 1 Samuel 3.9 is my verse for this morning. Speak, Lord, 
for your servant is listening. What should be our heartfelt attitude, or that should be every day as we seek the Lord while He may be found? In closing this morning, I'd like for us just to take a moment again, close your eyes, quiet your mind, block out those voices, and I'll silence mine in a moment. Focus on Jesus, what He would say to you this morning. As we enter a time of remembering Christ's suffering on our behalf through the shedding of His precious blood and the torture of His body broken for us, push aside thoughts this morning of anything other than Jesus. Focus on Him. And let's spend a couple of minutes before the Lord in quiet, proactive listening. Lord, speak to Your servant. Lord, our prayer this morning is that you will spark a new desire in each of us to come away with you to a quiet place on a daily basis and learn to actively listen to your voice by spending time with you in silence. May 2020 be the year that we hear his voice clearly, that we love him purely, follow him faithfully, and walk with Him wisely. Lord, whisper to us because You love us. And now, Lord Jesus, in the breaking of bread and drinking from the cup, we remember You.